0: Uh, from Isaiah chapter 646 and 52. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's what Isaiah looks like, and Isaiah's wife, right? And uh, the Lord goes before you, right? And so I was able to find two chapters out of uh, Isaiah that I think uh, the texts are appropriate uh, for this couple, uh, and I I think apply to all of us. Apply to all of us in our lives. And we'll all be blessed, Adam. Okay, Isaiah chapter 63, 46, verse 3. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. You have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. All right, and so God created us in the womb, and, uh, and has upheld us from our birth, and He's been sustaining Jim and Gloria since their birth, and has maintained them and upheld them. And we are in God's hands, right, the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hands, and uh, this is a verse that speaks to that. He upholds us, and it's by his grace that we have life and are strengthened and move forth. Now, of course, in context, he's talking to the house of Jacob and to the remnant of the house of Israel specifically, but again, that applies to all who join themselves to the Lord and, uh, and are united by, uh, in his love and by his grace. Verse 4, even to your old age, I am he. Even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. All right, And so there, again, a very perfect text for this couple, right? <laughs> even, to your old, even to your gray hairs, I will carry you, right? And God has certainly carried and sustained from the birth. Right, He says, from birth, from the womb, I have known you, I have upheld you, and I have carried you all of these years, all of these decades, I have carried you. And he has carried you, and he will continue to carry us in our lives as we walk with him and trust in him. What a wonderful promise. He says, I will bear, I will carry, I will deliver you. Right? And so whatever circumstance we are in, we can hold fast to this wonderful promise. Right? He will carry us. I mean, what a beautiful God. Again, I haven't read all the books and all the other religions, but I don't know if any of them talk about a God who carries them, right? I mean, what a, what a beautiful depiction of God we have. He comes so close to us. And we read in Isaiah, I hold your hand, I carry you. He carries us through, he bears us up. Uh, I mentioned twice here, I, I carry you. And I made you, I created you. He loves us with an everlasting love. He formed us. And he's formed us. Again, from before we were even born, before the creation of the world, he knew us, he knew us by name, he watches over us, he's concerned for us, he cares for us. What a beautiful God. What a loving depiction of God the Bible paints for us. Verse 8, Remember this and show yourselves, men. Recall to mind, you transgressors, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And so while he's a very loving God and has these these, uh, attributes of of caring, and closeness, and caring, and emotion, and, and sympathetic, He also wants us to remember he is God, he is on the throne, he is king, he is judge. Remember this. Be a man, show yourself a man. Remember you transgressors. Remember there is a right and wrong. Remember God will not tarry and will not put up with transgression, sin, rebellion. Remember the things from old. Remember what he did to Adam and Eve? Kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. Remember what he did to Lucifer and one-third of the angels? Kicked them out of heaven. Remember, I am God. There is none like me. I know the end from the beginning. I know all things. I am God, he says. And there is no counsel. His counsel shall stand. His word is truth. His word is right. His instruction is faithful. His guidance, His directions, His laws will stand. They will stand the test of time. They stand still today. I mean, we look at the Ten Commandments, we look at the Bible. I mean, 3,000 or 3,000 years ago, the Torah was written and still applies to us today, still upholds us today, still sees us through in our daily life today his counsel shall stand. And if we walk in his counsel, we shall stand. It will uphold us. It will carry us. It will bear us through the troubles of this world. Indeed, I have spoken, and I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. What a, again, wonderful God. The concept I I, I get in the little bit of studying I've done of other religions is of a God that expects us to do it, who gives commands and just lays it on us, and then it's up to us to be obedient. It's up to us to make this angry God happy. But here we have a picture of God who's loving, compassionate, knows us, cares for us, guides us, gives us counsel so that we don't stumble and don't fall so that we're happy and so that we experience good life here and in the life to come. And then he says, I have spoken. He has given the counsel, and I will bring it to pass. God does it. He does it through us. He does it in us. He fills us with his Holy Spirit if we will surrender. We will let him take us as transgressors and remove our transgressions from us and allow him to replace it with his spirit with his power. He says, I will do it. That's one of his promises. He will fulfill it. It's his counsel. I will bring it to pass. He has purposed it. It's his plan. It's his desire. It's his purpose for us. And then he repeats it and reminds us again, I will also do it. He will fulfill his counsel. He will work in us and through us and give us obedient hearts, he will work in us and through us and give us surrendered attitudes towards him. He will come inside us and he will bring it to pass. He will make us obedient, joyfully and happily and fully and completely. He will bring it to pass. His arm is not too short to save. What he does, he fulfills. What he purposes, he brings to pass. What he starts, he finishes. Remember the days of old. He said he'll get us out of Egypt. He got us out of Egypt. Everything he has said, that he, he has purposed, he has fulfilled, and he has done. And he will continue to do so in our lives. Take hold of his promises, and this is one of them. We can claim this back. You put the two together, you put some other promise with this promise. God, you said here that you would do this and this. And here you said that you would do it. That you would bring it to pass. You provide for all my needs according to your riches and glory. And you said you would bring it to pass. That you have purposed it and that you will do it. So do it, Lord. Meet my need. you would strengthen me. That you would uphold me. That you would bring righteousness into my life. You would give me a new mind. You would give me new thoughts. You'd give me new desires. You'd give me a new heart. Lord, you purposed it. You've said it. You will bring it to pass. And you said you will do it. So do it, Lord. Do it in me. Verse 12, listen to me, you stubborn-hearted, who are far from righteousness. I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be afar off. My salvation shall not linger and I will place my salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. He has created Israel, he has called it to magnify his glory, to be a demonstration of him, to be a demonstration of his character, to be a demonstration to the world of his glory, the power of God. He calls us out of our salvation. Stiff-hearted, stubborn-hearted, stiff-necked, rebellious attitude. We who are born far from righteousness. He doesn't say, okay, I'll sit here. You're unrighteous. I'm holy. When you catch up to me, well, then we'll have a conversation. He says, I will bring my righteousness near. He comes to us. We have a God, again, the Bible paints a picture of a God that humans couldn't even think of, couldn't make this stuff up. A God who comes running after us. Adam and Eve rebel, we hide hide in the bushes. God who brings his righteousness near. A God who comes after them. A God who goes running after us. A God who created us. A God who carries us. A God who bears us. God, who brings us to gray hair, seen us from birth to old age, has upheld us, who brings it to pass, and will bring my righteousness. Near. Not our own goodness, not our own power, not our own strength, not our own, oh, I'm trying, I'll try harder. God doesn't ask us to try harder. He asks us to surrender and let his righteousness live in us. I will bring my righteousness near. Because as we read in Isaiah chapter uh, last week, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. (laughs) Says you are far from righteousness, don't even try your righteousness. Surrender it all, and let my righteousness come near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger. I will place my salvation in Zion. And the word again, we've seen it throughout Isaiah, we see it throughout the Bible. Salvation, Yeshua, I will put my Yeshua, I will put my salvation, I will put my Messiah, I will put my servant in Zion for Israel my glory. I will place him in the midst of you. He shall take away your sinful heart. He shall take away your unrighteousness. He shall bear it upon himself. He shall die with it, and because of it, he will bury it in the tomb. He'll be resurrected to new life so that he can live in you through his spirit and give you new hearts and new minds and new lives and bring his righteousness near at hand, even within us. His righteousness. His righteousness lived out of us. Righteousness by faith believing in his promises that he will do it, that he will accomplish it, that he will bring it to pass in us and through us. And then Isaiah 52, second chapter of this pair, Isaiah 52, verse 3, For thus says the Lord, You have sold yourselves for nothing. You shall be redeemed without money. Eve just sold herself for nothing. She gave up the Garden of Eden. She gave up eternal life. For nothing. What'd she get out of it? A piece of fruit. For nothing. And Adam then followed suit. We've all followed suit. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. There are none who seek after God. We've sold ourselves for nothing. We've sold ourselves as slaves to the devil. We've sold ourselves to sin. We've sold ourselves to habits and addictions. We've sold ourselves to unrighteousness. And yet God's promises is, you shall be redeemed without money. That's not a, you might be. That's not a, if you try hard enough, you can earn your way back. You shall be redeemed. Not by ourselves. Our Redeemer redeems us. Not by our money. It's not by our paying our way. It's not by indulgences or donations or offerings that we buy our way into heaven. It's not by our good deeds. We sold ourselves for nothing, but God will redeem us. Fully and completely on his merits, on his actions, on his deeds. You shall be redeemed. That's a promise. He has purposed it, and he will bring it to pass. He has paid the price already for everyone, for everyone in the world. And those who accept it, receive it, and benefit from it. You shall be redeemed without money. Without money. What a great God. Again, there is no other religion in the world that teaches this. And even a lot of Bible-believing people don't teach this. We are redeemed without money. We don't have to go and pay the gods. A lot of religions build the idols and then bring offerings to them to appease them, to make them happy, to get something from them. He says, you shall be redeemed without money. God himself has come. God himself has paid the price for us. God himself has redeemed us and saved us through his salvation, through Yeshua, our Messiah. Verse 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And here again, I think this chapter applies to Jim and Gloria, not just because of their gray hair, but because their feet are beautiful in that they have taken the gospel, that they have paired with us, have joined with us, have served the Lord, and have shared God's good news with those that God has brought here. And God has used them in going out and bringing other people here to hear the good news as well. for people, Jim and Gloria, both have taught classes. Both have taught the Bible. Both have sat down in people's houses and homes and, and here and have taught the good news of God's word. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. What a weird word, right? I mean, I don't know how beautiful people's feet were back then, but even... I don't know how beautiful people thought people's feet were back then. But today, people don't think of people's feet as beautiful things. They think of it as kind of smelly things, right? He says, how beautiful upon the mountains. And again, especially if you can imagine walking through the mountains in the mud, in the dirt. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. That's what God has called us to. That's why he created us. That's what he's purposed us for. That's why he's carried us. That's why he will fulfill it in us. In bringing his good news to others. That's what he's commissioned. He's redeemed us. And he can blaze it in the sky, I am God, but he calls us to go forth. For he has brought his salvation to Israel to be his glory. He wants us to be his glory. He wants us to glorify him, because that is how he is most glorified. It's easy for God to stand up and say, I am God and I am all-powerful, and make a mountain shake, and make it burn with fire, and, and, and cause an earthquake throughout the earth. That's easy for God. But what really shows his power, what really shows his glory, is for him to take us, who are stubborn-hearted, stiff-necked, rebellious, far from righteousness, and for him to take us. Born with enmity placed into us, enmity against God, the Bible says. We are born with a carnal nature that is hatred towards God. That's how we're born. That's how we're all born. Born with a hatred towards God. And for God to take us, come to us, draw near to us, bring his salvation to us, for him to redeem us out of that situation, and for him to totally remake us and transform us and change us, that shows the glory of the Lord. I heard a story. there was a man he was a great at carving and was carving this beautiful thing in Africa and worked outside under this shade of this big tree and and uh, was carving this magnificent uh, thing and, and it was almost done It was just beautiful and something happened a tree branch broke or something came down and just totally... Ruined the whole thing, marred the whole thing. And the guy came to, to, to get what he paid for it to have done. And he saw the condition, and he said, this is horrible. What are you going to do? He says, don't worry. The craftsman said, don't worry. I'll make it even better. And he went to work on that scraped up, ruined piece of wood. And he worked with its damage. and carved around it, and turned what was horrible, scars, into a beautiful carving and depiction. And the man came back to get his piece of work. And he said, you're right. It is more beautiful than I could have imagined. It's more beautiful than I originally described to you. I want it. And he paid full price for it. That's the power of a skilled artist, to take something that's damaged and turn it around and make it beautiful. It's easier to work on an empty canvas than it is to take something and transform it. And God's work in us is a million times more fold than that. Because that wood or that canvas isn't resisting and going and kicking and fighting all the way along. God takes us with free choice and transforms us. And then he transforms us to the point of where we are not just happy to be saved, happy in God, joyful in God, singing praises to him, but where he so changes our hearts from where we are just selfish and wanting the salvation for our own selves and, and, and wanting heaven for our own self, wanting the streets of gold, but where we have God's heart and God's mind. And God's heart and God's mind is for the law. why God left heaven. That's why Yeshua left heaven. He left the adoration of the angels. He left his throne. He left his power. left his father's side. And he came down here because God's heart is for the lost. And when we truly have God's heart, how beautiful will be the feet upon the mountains of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings of good things who proclaims salvation who says to Zion your God reigns and that's the beauty of God and that's what Jim and Gloria have been doing all these years ministering here and helping here picking people up and driving them here going and getting the bagels week by week ministering to people, bringing the good news to a lost, dying world. Or say, your watchmen shall lift up their voices, and with their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. What tense is that? He has redeemed Jerusalem. Past tense, past present. He promised in the other verse, you shall be redeemed without price, without money. He reassures it, you have been. He has redeemed Jerusalem. He has paid the price. Accept it, receive it, believe it. Allow it, surrender, and allow Him to transform our lives. And we'll break forth into singing, and we will sing together. We will see eye to eye. We will be united in faith, united in God's Word, united in God's truth. The world is coming together right now and unifying together right now in unprecedented fashion but not in truth and not in righteousness. God calls us to come together. His watchmen, on the watch. Calling out, proclaiming God's good news. Their eyes open. Singing together. Seeing eye to eye. The Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed us. Verse 10, Isaiah 52, verse 10, the Lord has made bare his arm, his holy arm, in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It says he made bare his holy arm. Means He's showing his strength. They're uniting together he has borne it, bears his arm, shows his strength, shows his power in the eyes of all the nations to the ends of the earth, they shall see the salvation of God. They shall see it in us. They shall see God's transformation in us. And through that, his glory is revealed and by his grace, others will follow as well. Then verse 11, depart, depart. Go out from there. And this is not what I'm telling you guys to do. That's not what I'm saying here. (laughs) Not why I picked this chapter, but. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. Now, where is this verse telling to go out of? Depart, depart, go out from where? Well, from there, where? Babylon. Babylon, but we're in context here. Not Egypt. Let's look back at verse 10. My holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth. Depart from the world. Depart from the worldly ways. Yes, Babylon. Confusion of this world. And yes, Revelation picks up this very thing, this very theme, and says, uh, depart, depart, go out from her. Come out of Babylon, my people. And this is where Revelation gets that theme from. Depart, depart, go out from there, referring to this world, the worldliness. Depart from sin, the confusion of this world, and touch not the unclean thing. Partake not in their sins. Go out from the midst of her. Go out of this. Of course, we can't leave this world yet, but go out from the worldliness. So there's this balance between the two. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of those who proclaim good news and yet departing from there. How can we depart and go out at the same time? How can we proclaim the good news and at the same time go out? That's the fine line. That's the tricky line. We are there in bodily form. We stay in the world in bodily form to be watchmen on the walls and to speak God's truth, but in heart and in soul and in mind And in spirit, we are not part of the world. We are not part of it. We don't partake in the sins. We've gone out from the uncleanness. We've turned away from sin and sinning and sinfulness. We don't go as hermits in, in some secluded place to hide from the world to stop sinning. It's the most selfish thing we can do. We're running right into sin by doing that. But we have God's heart. We'll have a heart for the law. And we'll go and proclaim God's good news. And we have God's heart. We will run from wickedness, run from sin, run from selfishness, pride, arrogance. You who bear the vessels of the Lord, you who take God's word, you who proclaim God's word, you who teach it to others, depart from iniquity. Turn from sin. Let God's glory be seen in us. Let God's presence, let God's spirit be seen in us. Let God's righteousness, his right actions, his right motives, his right thoughts be seen in us, because God lives in us. Let it shine forth. Run from sin. Turn from it. Don't compromise with the devil. Verse 12, for you shall go out with haste. Do not go out with haste, (laughs) nor go out by flight, for the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. So Jim and Gloria, as the Lord moves you towards the Eltona area, he goes before you he'll be behind you. He goes before. He goes before us in our lives. He goes before us as we go to proclaim the good news. He he prepares the way before us. We don't go alone. We don't make cold calls. God is already there. God is already working in people's lives. He carried them from the womb as well. He created them and made them. He bore them as well. He's been ministering to them all through their lives as well. Brought them to their gray hairs as well. And so as he sends us forth as his vessels, bearing his word as his instruments, he goes before us, for the Lord will go before you. And he's behind us as well. He's got us covered on both sides. God's got your back. When God says it, he means it. Not like some who say they got your back and they got a knife in your back. (laughs) God's protecting our back. He's guarding our back. He's our rear guard. And he's also gone before us. Paving the way. Knocking down the obstacles. Preparing hearts and minds. And if we follow him, walk in his paths. We have safety. We have comfort. We have assurance. We have victory. We have success in him. So wherever you are in your life and situation, be assured be comforted. That God is with you. God has been going before you. He's brought you to this day. He's brought you to this service. He's brought you to this sermon. And He'll be your rear guard as well. Surrender to him. Trust in him. Walk in his path. Walk in his way. As we pray tonight, any area that applies to you, Maybe you're needing to be carried through a certain, certain situation in your life right now. Maybe you need God to bear you up. Maybe you need him to carry you. Surrender to him and let him carry you. Don't go kicking and fighting and resisting. Let him carry you. Maybe he's leading into some endeavor or to some witnessing opportunity somewhere or someone to proclaim the good news to. And you want him to move before you and to go before you. For him to back you up. Maybe there's some area of your life of unrighteousness and you need him to bring his righteousness near to heart. You need him to take out the unrighteousness in you and you need him Place His righteousness within you. Maybe you need to run from some sin. Maybe you need to depart from some situation. Maybe you need to depart from some relationship or some experience or some activity in your life. Lay hold of God's strength. Lay hold of God's power. He says He will do it. Allow Him to do it. Let Him work His righteousness. Let him work in you and through you. Let him give you the power to run. Let him empower your feet and put you on his path. Maybe you're needing him to draw near to you. Maybe you're needing to receive of his salvation. Maybe you're needing to accept his salvation and redemption in your life. Whatever area applies to you in your walk, in your situation right now. Maybe one of those things, or maybe something else God has been speaking to you through his word. We pray together. Let God work in you. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we're thankful that you are near at hand. We're thankful that you promised to have your glory revealed in us. Lord, work your power and work your might in us. Lord, transform us and change us. Thank you that you promised to go before us, lead the way, lead and direct our paths, and your will be fulfilled in our lives. Thank you for calling us to be watchmen on your walls. Thank you that you've called us out of sin, redeem us and take us out of it. Thank you that you've called us to, to proclaim good news, to proclaim your gospel, to proclaim your word, to comfort Zion. Lord, use us as instruments for you, singing your praises, proclaiming your word. Unify us, bring us unity in your word and your truth. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for carrying us. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for coming near to us. In Yeshua's holy name.